Blog Talk Radio. Jester at a fantasy draft like I'm going to be tomorrow, boy. Tomorrow's my big draft day. How's everyone doing? Welcome aboard. Fantasy Baseball Edition, our two-hour special Fantasy Jester show. Folks, welcome aboard. Those of you joining us on Blog Talk Radio, great to have you. I definitely want to give a big shout-out right off the bat. To all the new listeners on all the podcasts uh, that we have, the different platforms that we have set up now, not just Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, welcome, SoundCloud, hey, is that a big, great place so far, wonderful to work with, Stitcher, Blueberry, Spreaker, Spotify, Libsyn, Buzzsprout, Audio Boom, and Simplecast. If you cannot find the Jester Show, you're not looking, folks. Real simple. How's everyone coming to you tonight? Leesburg, Florida. Beautiful weather. Hope it's nice wherever you are. Again, crystal clear sound. Fog Talk Radio. We are ready for fantasy baseball. The baseball season kicks off this Thursday. And is there, the best way to put it, if you're a baseball fan, is there really anything better than opening day or opening day at the park. There's just that excitement. There is that, ah, it's, it, it's a great season. We're ready. Each team really comes into it with a set of goals and a set of hopes to be able to just be better than they were last year. And in baseball, it just brings that down-home feeling. It, it really is a time at the ballpark, bring the kids, have a good time, relax, stop, get away from the rat race, get yourself some peanuts, get yourself a hot dog, enjoy the day at the park, and have fun. Now, for those of you not all about the park, but all about the fantasy baseball, making a little cash maybe, or maybe you're new to fantasy, want to learn Welcome aboard. That's what I'm here for. That's what my co-host, we're going to bring him in in a little bit, JT, Jason Townsend, Fez437 on Twitter. We're also going to be graced tonight with the presence of Tate Dello, one of the better fantasy players around the nation, folks, and really need to pay attention to him. 
But this week on the show, MLB, this is it every year. Chester and JT bring you their MLB ranking show. So much info is given on this show, and this is a true story. This is, this is uh, I'm letting everybody know what this show means to uh, JT, Tate, and myself. There's so much info given on the show that it's planned after our personal biggest draft together. So that, you know, the, the, the competition in this league is not like any other for, for all of us. Because, hey, listen, there's that bragging rights between us. And literally, like I said, we, had, we wait until after our draft before we start talking about any of our players. So now tonight you're getting true, our true feelings on a lot of the players. We've been to the spring training camps. I don't know about you, but listen, the best place to do anything is to go there and learn yourself. I took care of the Grapefruit League here in Florida, JT and Tate over in Arizona, 10 games, seven days. They were, uh, they were just great folks. You got to pay attention when they're talking about that whole experience, great times. Then, you know, Yankee time. At some point during the show, you can imagine we're definitely going to hear. Yankees win! Oh, Yankees win! Much to the chagrin of my co-host, JT, uh, thankfully, Tate is a smart man and uh, knows what team to pull for and is a proud pinstriper. We'll be bringing them both in any minute. Folks, sit back, get yourself a cold drink. Next up, my rant. For those of you new to this show, I have to sit here and complain about something. Just the, there's there's always something. It seems like every week that I have to get off my chest. Here is the beauty of opening day baseball. I don't have a damn thing for you this week. I'm really just looking forward to the games. It has been a fantastic spring. I've had so much fun going to the parks meeting people, see, talking to the fans, meeting some of the young guys. Listen, there were some young guys, nine years old, 10 years old. I'm talking to them. Kids like, hey, you know, guess what? You're into fantasy? I'm like, yeah, talking to him about that. He goes, yeah, ready? Nine years old. I had a draft at midnight last night. I'm like, get out of here. You are hardcore, my man. He's going to be on this show one day down the road, I bet. It just starts that early. From a young kid, you just love this sport. And it is my pleasure, it's my honor to bring another year of it. And I'm sure the gentlemen that I'm about to bring in share the same sentiment. Let's get them in here right now. Let's get this underway. First up, we've got Jason JT to the, to the gang, if you will. JT coming to us live tonight from Texas. JT, what's going on, man? Chester, we got a less than a week for first pitch, like you said. Great time of year. Major League Baseball's here. You know, I got to throw something out there. I know you don't have rant. This isn't really a rant for me. This is just more of actually something I enjoyed from the day. Um, one of the sports writers from the San Francisco Chronicle, Susan Slusser, a big fan of hers, covers the A's, covers the Giants, took an uh, interesting approach today when mentioning that the A's at the Giants A's series this week 
the A's will be charging any Giants fan $50 to park at the stadium unless you <laughs> shout out and yell, let's go A's. Then you only have to park $30 to park at the stadium like everybody else. But uh, she's a great rider. Enjoy her stories. Uh, a good one from her today. So, yeah, definitely got the uh, the day started off on the right note. Well, how, 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 wait, back up. How much to park to go see the Oakland Athletics? Well, it's $30 to go if you're an A's fan, 50 if you're a San Francisco Giants fan. You got to understand, see, you've not been to the Coliseum. I have. The A's have to, the insurance they have to pay to even let people park in that facility to cover things. I mean, this is one of those stadiums where you could go into the game, leave your car the way it was. When it comes back out, it's on blocks. So, you know, sure, it's cheap these days. We're talking to Alameda Coliseum here. Come on. Hey, listen, Oakland fans out there that are getting pissed right now, he's a fan. He's I'm one of you. Diehard A. I love the A's. <laughs> he's just calling it real. So, yeah. But, but funny story from her. Uh, again, one of my favorite reads. But, hey, I'm ready to talk some baseball, so let's uh, let's see what you got. Yeah, well, definitely. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead. First, we're going to get in. Jordan Swafford came in. He strolled mm-hmm. in, folks, the other day. And uh, before we bring in Tate, I've got to play this because it's going to be interesting to get even uh, – I-, I want Tate's review of it, too, uh, especially some parts of it there uh, that you know about. This was pre-recorded the other day. little Swaff for you guys. Swaff Speaks. He comes on the podcast for the first time this week, talking baseball on fantasyjusticesports.com. He's one of the writers, been covering baseball, and uh, next week he'll be turning his efforts to football. And we had an opportunity to talk to him just the other day, and here's a little snippet from it. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. That's right. You know, I'm back here. We're getting ready, talking more baseball. And one of the great things that I'm enjoying as we continue to build FantasyJesterSports.com and add writers now, it's been fun going out and checking out some of the talent that's out there. And it is a a wide variety of talent. And one of the first people I had to, after reading his work, I had to scoop him up immediately before he was somewhere else. Fantastic. He's, we've handed him baseball to start. He's going to be handling baseball, football, and a lot of the West Coast coverage. To balance it out, I'm over here on the East Coast. You know, JT Tate's in the middle there. And, you know, to help balance out the coverage, get a whole nother opinion. Uh, and uh, somebody I'm sure JT can get along with hating the Yankees. Let's get him in here. Jordan Swafford. Jordan, how are you tonight? Hey, great day, great day out here in the Pacific Northwest. Absolutely. Well, how's it going, Jordan? It's JT. Uh, pretty good. How are you, JT? Oh, I'm living the dream here in Dallas, Texas. So uh, we got baseball coming up, and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what you got. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great couple months. Yeah, and let's see what he has. And you know what? I think what we'll do is let him get through. We We didn't go ahead and preps, Jordan, and all this, we're going to – we've thrown him to the wolves, if you will. And it's kind of unfair. We just told him that we're going to talk baseball, we're going to talk West Coast, didn't tell him what the questions were or anything else like that. So first, 
I think I'm going to hand them off to you, JT. Let him get past you first before he comes to the big dog. Oh, time. It's nice to uh, – time to Wadier Jordan here. So uh, I have yeah. to say, you know, you're covering the West Coast. So let's start here. Um, give me a surprise team in the NL West this season, and uh, why? Why are they your surprise team? Uh, this one will throw you off. I mean, I hear it. They were last in the NL West last year, but I'm really liking the Giants this year. They made the big moves in the offseason. They grabbed McCutcheon. They grabbed Longoria, dudes with experience. I mean, plus they're still returning. Joe Panic, Posey, Belt, Pence, Crawford. And then they got, you know, who else? They grabbed uh, Austin Jackson, the man, center field. Mm-hmm. Going to hit against some left-handed bats. I like that offense this year. You know? What do you think of their pitching staff? Uh, you know, outside of Madison Bumgarner, do you think they have the arms to uh, compete with teams like the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies? You know, they got Cueto, some, what was that, Samarja. I mm-hmm. think these dudes can kind of bring it this year. I think last year was just kind of a bum year. Ran into some injuries. I think, uh, you know, I think the Dodgers still on top right there, but I think we got okay. some guys. That can... And, and let, let us not forget, it is an even number year. And if you look in this, uh, you know, the last, shall we say, uh, every other odd year, the uh, Giants seem to be a team to be reckoned with. So, so looking at the Giants, let's uh, flip over to the American League. Let's get to the uh, AL West. Same question, AL West. Give me your surprise team and tell me why. All right, all right. You know, I'm from the Northwest. We don't have another baseball team, but I love the Mariners. I don't care what anyone has to say. Let's see, who do we bring? We brought, we brought D. Gordon uh, coming over from the NL, over in from Miami. Had 60 steals. We're giving him the green light this year. Um, he's okay. been killing it, out, you know, this spring out in center field, throwing guys out. I think he's going to be a threat on the base path, which is just really going to help out Cano, uh, who is that, Cruz, Siegs. I think that will – Help them quite a bit. Uh, we're always going to have some bullpen issues, but I think we can hold it down this year. And no, what about Felix? I mean, another year, a little longer in the tooth. Are we going to see a bounce back year from Felix, or do you expect kind of we've seen the best from him, so uh, a continue uh, downslide for, for King Felix? Well, let's see. About an hour ago, we just announced his um, 11th straight opening day start. We're going to hold on to him as the ace. I'm hoping he just comes out with a chip on his shoulder, a little bit mad about last year. Um, On top of that, we're talking about the big maple, uh, James Paxton, 2.98 ERA, 156 Ks, 24 starts. I I think he's ready to, you know, kind of start grooving into that ace spot once uh, Felix keeps, you know, aging. Right, right. If he can ever stay healthy, I think you you definitely could see an all-star game in Paxton's very near future. Absolutely. You know, and then in the off season. I got to jump in just for one second. Just for one second. Now, you I'm know what? I'll wait. Yeah, well, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to see if you can. He seems to be okay with you. I, I, he seems, uh-huh. I mean, are you giving him his uh, the vote of approval for me to even move on to him now? Well, I mean, you're the jester. I've got to. You know, whether I give approval or not, it's. From sheer morbid curiosity, I want to see him try to get to you regardless. All right. Well, let's go ahead and first. With, yeah, no, no, that's great. Let's 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 start off, and I'll, I'll I'll start off with his his team, baby steps. Okay, guys, that he you would hope he knows. Uh, Vogelbach, Daniel Vogelbach. What's your feeling on him? Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a decent spring. Um, I also like Ryan Healy over at first, but in terms of Vogie. 
a couple bombs coming out from him this spring. That was pretty surprising to me as well. Um, hopefully he just carries that, keeps it going over to Safeco. You know, during the uh, early spring, we got a lot of wind going out his way. Uh, and you might need him early on if uh, Cruz isn't ready those first couple of days at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, get, get a little DH time for him. So let's go ahead now. Okay, JT asked you about the teams, but I, as you see, I want to get right to the players. So let me ask mm-hmm. you something. Let's go back to the AL West here. Break out this year. Who will be the player that breaks out of the AL West? Somebody that we're not used to hearing, but will come, become a household name. Are we talking AL West? Yeah. AL West. All right. Well, let's see. The big off-season addition over in the Angels, uh, an Otani, uh, two-way guy. Uh, I think we're going to hear a lot about him. I think he's going to be a big media sensation. We'll see how he fizzles out in terms of how he's pitching down here. You know, with the six-man rotation they're bringing in, he's going to play, what, two games in between that, probably at DEH, see what happens with Pujols. On top of that, I'm loving uh, Alex Bregman over for the Astros. Um, Let's see, last year, some postseason bombs, pretty impressive off Kershaw and Chris Sales, if you guys remember those. Oh, yeah. You know, plus he got – he posts some pictures on Twitter, man. He's pretty freaking jacked this year. I think he's going to come out swinging. Now, Justin, uh, I got to jump in on you here. I got he, he mentioned right, a name. Yeah. He, uh, he mentioned a name, and I've got to jump on it because Shohei Otani has shown me absolutely nothing. I got a chance to see this guy in you know in in person. Now, granted, it was against Clayton Kershaw. It's a tough matchup for anyone. I think I agree with you. I think the kid down the road is going to be a, a player and a name to be reckoned with. But I hope the Angels are smart. Listen, Angels, I know you're out there listening. Send this kid to Salt Lake. Let him get right. He's not ready for the show yet. There's no reason to rush him. You really shouldn't. But I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just throw this out here because we're on the baseball edition in this big show tonight, enjoying this great time with everybody tonight. Again, brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, and everybody else. I have to go AL West. JT, I'm going to go with your team. I, I think we finally see Barreto this year uh, take over that spot and show what he can do, uh, the mix of uh, speed and power. Uh, is that uh, Now, going along with your breakout player, am I close? Am I on the same team? What do you got? Well, I mean, you look at Franklin Barreto, uh, was a star last year in Nashville, came up, struggled a bit with the A's, Defensively looked good. The bat just wasn't ready. Um, <laughs> the biggest block in front of him is going to be Marcus Simeon at short. you got a returning shortstop who leads the league in errors at the position but also puts up 27 home runs. You know, Oakland uh, can use every bit of offense we can get. So the guy that I see as a breakout player, though, for the AL West and, you know, looking over all these teams, you mentioned him earlier – you look at what Vogelbach's doing this spring. Got a chance to see him play in person. The kid actually can man the man first base with zero. I mean, zero issue. He moved well. Uh, was really impressed with him. So I think he's going to be the guy in the AL this year. That uh, as far as young guys to keep an eye on. And what do you figure? Healy becomes the backup to man both corners. 
The thing about Healy is, and you coming from Oakland, since we, you know, out of the goodness of our heart, the second year in a row, we've given a player to the Seattle Mariners, uh, like we gave them <laughs> Valencia last season. We gave them Healy for nothing this year. Um, and you guys can have Boog Powell back, please. They'll take him. But anyway, um, you know, looking at what I see from Healy, he's a guy that he can hit 25 home runs, his strikeout 140, 150 times. His defense uh, at third base wasn't bad. The starts I saw him play at first last year in Oakland, though, I wasn't impressed. So I think he's better suited to uh, play, play the hot corner over at third behind Seager and DH. I think that's a better, a better position for him. I don't think first base is where he belongs. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff, guys, both of you. Really good stuff. Let's go ahead. Let's wrap up baseball with you, uh, Jordan. NL West, who's your breakout player this year? Breakout player? I'm going to have to go with uh, – I want to see some Chris Taylor action over at uh, in the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, Taylor's oldest time, Mariners trading the young kid who just doesn't succeed. Comes breaking out. He, you know, he hit some impressive bombs in the postseason. You know, on top of that, once Seager comes back healthy, I think he's going to be getting some, some, uh, oh, throwing, you know, some pitchers throwing him some strikes. Uh, he's going to be a threat on the base pass. I, you know, I could see him breaking out this year. I'm going to go with same team, uh, a young man that they sent down, and just uh, I'm assuming it'll just be a matter of time, maybe a month or two before we see him, and then just coming up with one of the more dominant arms we're going to see in baseball this year. Walker Bueller has to be my pick Ooh. for the NL West uh, breakout player this year. Nice. J- nice. JT, and, how are you feeling oh, about this? I love, I love Bueller, but I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go to Denver, go to the Rocky mountains. Uh, first base, third base, Ryan McMahon. I think McMahon, uh, you look at a guy who's played uh, exceptionally defensively and had that average up around 350 this spring uh, out there at Talking Stick, Arizona, you know, out in Phoenix. This is a guy that right now, because of the acquisition of Carlos Gonzalez, I think he may be the odd man out. He may get optioned down, but he will be the first guy that's called up no matter what position gets injured. McMahon will be the first guy back up, and I don't think he will be leaving once he gets there. Yeah, once he finally gets to that point, yeah, exactly. They'll send him back down so that he can get some regular bats. First injury, he'll be up. And, uh, yeah, he is making some nice contact. Nice contact in that stadium just equals, uh, you know, fantasy gold. And depending on where you are, you know, remember, folks, remember, folks, especially you folks with money on the line, if you're playing in the money leagues, okay, before you draft, go check what your playoff weeks are and then match it to teams' rosters so that you know. I mean, listen, if you're in ESPN playoffs, and in the one league right now I'm in, there's a difference of three games in two weeks. Now, three games of somebody like Trout or, you know, when you're starting to talk that there's that kind of difference, and players and that kind of game and you're counting categories, something that you must pay attention to as you're drafting, as you continue to build your team throughout the season and you make changes, always keep in mind, are you losing games or are you gaining games? You know, uh, a lot of you folks know I'm big out there in Yahoo land. And for those of you, I'm just going to drop this down on you right now. 
and I'll leave it at this. We'll talk about this further next week as we talk uh, after the season has already started. But I will tell you this. If you are playing in the Yahoo leagues, do not take San Diego players. They just have a ridiculous – no, and it's not because of talent level or anything else like that because they have some fantasy-worthy players. But the first week of the playoffs – while other teams are playing seven games, they're playing five. They play five, six, and six. A, to- a, a, a whole MLB league low, mm-hmm. 17 games during the Yahoo playoffs. And, and to piggyback what you're saying, Jesser, you look at that, you say one, two, three games doesn't sound like a lot. Well, if you're playing like the, the league you and I play in on ESPN, it's head-to-head <laughs> who's got the most home runs this week, who's got the most RBIs this week. One home run can swing that. You get two or three extra games, chances are you're going to win those categories. Before I wrap up with Jordan, I'm just going to be, yeah, exactly, JT, 100%. Before I wrap up here with Jordan, I want to point out something. While some players, you might have San Diego playing 17 games during that stretch, I'll be picking up the Colorado players in Yahoo who have 20 games during that stretch Nine of the 20 are at home. So you, you got to pay attention to that. You really do, folks. Um, Jordan, I, I guess we can go ahead and have him on again. And, and that's pretty much my opinion. That's how we left it. And I cut it because we started talking football, actually, and it ended up morphing into a whole nother discussion. So I cut it there. This way, we'll get it back on. We'll get him to talk some football, but I definitely, and it's funny, after the interview, I really wanted to know what Tate's opinion would be. And as I listened to it again, even more so, so without any further ado, I mentioned them earlier. Folks, start paying attention. I know a lot of you are fixed on the beard and, and listen to JT. Listen to Tate, too. He knows what he's talking about. He follows several sports plays several different fantasy leagues in different sports. A guy who does the research, does the homework. Like I said, he was one of those guys out there, spring training, 10 games, seven days. Let's bring him in. The one, the only, Tate Dello. Tate, how's everything, man? Hey, how are you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. Can't complain. Let's get JT on in here, too. And uh, But I want to go ahead ask you right off the bat, what is Swaff? Swaff speaks from Seattle. What did you think? Well, I think overall he he seems like he's a good does a good job. He knows his stuff. But I, I question, is he really leaning on Seattle everything? And, I mean, what where's these other teams that are out there in that division? You know, <laughs> and, then, and then he's picking Otani for a breakout guy. I mean – that's somebody that everybody's going to name is Otani, Otani, Otani. I mean, the angels, we were out at spring training, JT and I, and yeah. you go in the angels, the angels merch shops, and they've got a whole entire part of the merch shop that is oh, all yeah. Otani stuff. So the, the angels are marketing this guy like crazy. So I'm right there with JT in that with what JT said in that, in that he's shown me nothing. The guy went, was like, what, three for 28 in spring training when he was hitting? 
and Wait, exactly. granted the day that we saw him in person, he was hitting playing DH and he had to face a guy by the name of Clayton Kershaw. Well, for those of you that haven't heard yet, this guy, Clayton Kershaw, he's pretty good. And he finished up his entire spring training with a 0.00 ERA. So yeah, it's a pretty tough guy to face, but Kershaw made this guy, Jester. this Otani kid, look like a fool. Yeah. So. Jester Tate, Jester Tate, I got to jump in here now. Tate, hold on. Now I think you're being a little bit too hard on Otani because two things: a, he's got a beautiful golf swing. I mean, I mean, did you see the way he just got up on you know under that last pitch that Kershaw threw and that bounced three feet in front of the plate? And let's be honest. The Russian judges even gave him a nine on his form for carrying his bag in the fifth inning as he was leaving the stadium. So, I mean, there's a few things for him to build on in that, you know, in that encounter. All right, but listen, all right, enough ripping on the guy for for that because, yeah, you guys had the benefit of seeing him firsthand and, and all that. And that is our job to go ahead for all you out there who don't have the time to keep up with things. You take the time to listen to the Jester Show, okay, and the three of us will bring you everything that you need wrapped up in one. Let's get to it. AL starting pitches, JT. Let's hit them with some. Well, we're going to jump into the AL. The first guy, it's a little bit of chalk on this, but somebody who I think is going to build off of a spectacular season last year, Carlos Carrasco of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, not a lot, to, not a lot from him this spring. Didn't get a chance to see much from him. But you look back to last year: 226 Ks in 200 innings, a 3.29 ERA, 1.1 WHIP, uh, 18 and six for a team that I think's gotten, you know, their young players have improved. I think for a team that's going to be better. The second guy I want to talk about though is a guy that really had a pedigree. Lucas Giolito drafted 16th overall, 2012 by the Washington Nationals. Had Tommy John surgery. Kind of fell out of favor with the organization, struggled a little bit when he came back, traded to the Sox, had some trouble his first year a couple years ago up with the Sox. But you look this year in the spring, four games, he went 2-0, a 2.04 ERA in 17 innings, 17 Ks, also a .85 whip, you know, something I like to look at, the guys missing bats. You look at what he did at the end of last year, 45 innings with the White Sox, a 2.38 ERA, a .95 whip. I think this kid's turned the corner. I think he's somebody that people need to be looking at. Uh, somebody I don't like getting the opening day start against Cleveland. Felix Hernandez is on the downslide. I think Paxton should be the ace of that rotation. Felix has lost a lot due to wear and tear over the years and a guy I'm going to avoid. Now, Jester, you got a chance to see some good young AL pitching. What do you got for me? Well, actually, you know, one of the young guys that I was able to go ahead and see personally pitch and also in another game actually stop and talk with him. Good guy. Uh, Chris Archer. I I really like the kid. He's got an electric, electric arm. Matter of fact, I asked him what can we expect from him this year. Chris, uh, Fantasy Jester here from the Fantasy Jester Show. You know, I'm looking at wins and strikeouts this year for my team. What can I predict from you? uh, You know, what's your prediction on strikeouts and wins this year for me? Um, Well, wins are hard to predict. That has a lot to do with your team, but uh, my track record suggests I'm going to have about 200 strikeouts. So um, I think that's a... It's a fair prediction, um, maybe plus or minus a little, but you know, 200 is always a always a good target for me. Nice, nice, and you're feeling strong going into the I season. Feel great, yes sir. Awesome. Yes, sir. Thanks very much. You have a great Thanks. day. Thanks God bless. Yes sir. 
Yeah, and, and that was pretty much the conversation. He was on his way. It was his off day. And uh, what had happened was is I had asked him if I could talk to him for a minute. He was on the way to go work out. And he said, listen, I'm going to work out. I'll be on my way back. And on his way back, I had forgotten about it because I was wrapped up with other stuff. And he's like, hey, listen, I told you I'd stop back. Really nice young man. Pay attention to him. He's going to be moved. Tampa's not going to keep him. He's going to go on to a contending team. And with that arm, you're going to get K's and wins, in my opinion. Also, pay attention to the Archway Foundation. Great stuff he's doing there. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is somebody I like. Simply look at two simple things. He's on a winning franchise. They just won the World Series. And then he goes ahead now. Contract year. I love those contract year players. And then finally, Something that's going to be coming up on the crop report. Folks, we're going to be having each week the crop report and letting you know what's going on down on the farm system, letting you know who to look for, whose possibility come up this coming week. Pay attention to that. We'll be doing that. And one of those guys, you know, for me, right off the bat in the AL will be Forrest Whitley, big old guy, 14 uh, Ks per nine average. And uh, we'll get into all that later on. Let's keep it going, though. Tate. Who are you liking? Well, I'll just be real quick here, but uh, my first my first guy, uh, I like Jose Barrios from Minnesota. Um, hmm. guy, young guy um, had a had a pretty good season last year. Went 145.2 innings, 139 Ks, 3.89 ERA, uh, 1.23 WHIP with an 8.59 Ks per nine on that. Uh, you know the record kind of up and down, uh, but he was 14 and eight last year. Pretty good um, being up in Minnesota, but uh, keep an eye on him. I think he's going to have his breakout year this year. Uh, he's been a guy I've been watching and kind of using in fantasy the last couple years, not not so successfully um, two years ago, but last year he, he did fa- fairly well for me, and I actually mm-hmm. kept him as a keeper in our league this year. So uh, Jose Brio is somebody to keep an eye on. Um, I'm going to mention one other guy as a long-term for some of our uh, – Dynasty type guys, uh, Johander Mendez of the uh, Rangers organization. Hmm. He he's been kind of double A last year, uh, made it up to triple A a little bit, and he did get a call up late in the year. But uh, somebody keep an eye on for the long term, Johander Mendez. He'll probably he's not going to start with the team. He's already been optioned down to triple tri- A for this year, but keep an eye on him for future and probably at some point this year we'll get a call up, if not for a spot start here and there due to injuries or, or whatever, right. probably late in the year. But Johan or Mendez, somebody to keep an eye on, too. Well, somebody that we can go ahead and keep an eye on for everybody in the crop report. Good stuff. Good stuff. Real quick, give me a reliever everybody should be getting or paying attention to. Maybe not somebody that everybody knows. Well, I, on my team, I took Cody Allen this year. Uh, nice. The combination of Cody Allen and Andrew Miller with the Indians, I don't think you can uh, you can lose with those guys. Uh, Cody Allen last year, 2.94 ERA, 12.3 Ks per nine, and uh, 30 saves. So I like Cody Allen, Andrew Miller, uh, a guy that's kind of interesting. Again, I'm I'm picking on the Rangers. Being here in Texas, I hear a lot of the Rangers. Uh, somebody just keep an eye on is Lynchcomb. Tim Lynchcomb signed with the Rangers, and uh, he's dealing with the death of his brother and such. But uh, he's trying to make a comeback possibility of being a setup guy type of thing, get some innings for you if you do uh, holds and such in your league. But uh, Tim Lincecum might be an interesting guy to keep an eye on as well. 
Nice. Uh, real quick for everybody, I'm just going to tell you uh, one guy to go with, obviously. Yankees win! Uh, Yankees win! And the Yankees win to be saved by a Douglas Chapman guy. Listen, I saw him live. saw him in person. Arm looks phenomenal this year. Much better than it did last year. Looks real strong on a winning team. Can't do any better than that. And then I'm going to also take a look Chicago way, Chicago White Sox way. Soria is likely to start out out, out of the gate uh, opening day as the guy for saves, but I have a feeling Nate Jones is the guy to take a look at there. Somebody who, again, high K per nine, uh, low walk rate. He's got a great two seed, 96, 90, that sits at 96, 99. Got a changeup and a slider uh, that sits at 84. Good change of speed. So I look for him to take over uh, that ninth inning uh, role. JT? I uh, look at Blake Parker, out Los Angeles Angels. Uh, sneaky play, a guy that I think can get you 10, 15 saves. Possibility of getting you some holds as well. Guys, it seems like uh, the Angels are going to go by bullpen, by committee. Uh, at least that's the way it sounds so far. And a guy that definitely misses a lot of bats. Uh, nice 10, 11 Ks per nine type of guy. Sub three ERA. Uh, sub one whip. So Blake Parker is somebody to... Uh, not forget about it. and you can get him late in your draft. So if you can get quality late in the draft, use those higher picks for you know higher end players at other positions. Very good, very good guys. Keep it rolling. Let's keep this going. Let's move on to catchers. And, and really, real quick, folks, I want to throw this in here. I, I pay attention to Yahoo in a hardcore kind of way. For those of you that play on the Yahoo platform, hi, how are you? Uh, any questions regarding my record, private message me. I'll be more than glad to share those details. I pay attention to like the games. As I've mentioned before, uh, you've heard it several times. I pay attention to games. So right off the bat, I'm going to look at somebody like Wilson Ramos, going to go ahead, be in that four hole for the Tampa Bay Rays. And somebody, you know, hey, listen, he's 30 years old, still got tread on the tire, coming back from the injury. Started playing well as the season went on, as he got, you know, his legs under him and all that. I look for a guy, former, remember one thing about Ramos. You're talking about a guy, former, uh, 22 home run kind of guy, 80 RBI, batting 307. So him, and then the standby, I'm going to go with Salvador Perez again, 20 games, 20 plus homers, three straight years, 21, 22, and 27. Guys, keep it rolling, JT. You know, I'm going to stick out on the left coast here. Stick with my Oakland A's on this. So, example, in our draft that the adjuster alluded to earlier, planned on taking Wilson Contreras, one of my favorite catchers, uh, Chicago Cubs. He got taken in our first round, or what turns out to be our ninth round after our keepers. So, at this point, I let catcher go. Pretty much all the rest of the catchers, to me, are very similar in a lot of ways. The guy that I'm looking at is Jonathan Lucroy. Everybody says, well, horrible year Jonathan Lucroy had last season. But when you look at it, in reality, 265, that's still a better batting average than 75% of the catchers out there. He only hit six home runs, 46 RBIs. But you're looking at a 46 walks, 51K ratio. So the guy generally makes contact. He's not a strikeout person. But a guy that's in a one-year, $6 million contract with Oakland who's playing for a big deal next year, Jonathan Lucroy is my guy to get, and you can have him late by the looks of ADP on him. So look at Lucroy. Nice. 
Tate? Uh, just as a note, Lucroy is only owned in 34.2% of leagues on ESPN, just FYI. But uh, my guy, I'm playing Homer and going Gary Sanchez. I mean, how do you go wrong? 33 home runs, bet 278. You get power and batting average. He's got 20 doubles on top of that, 90 RBIs, 40 walks, 120 Ks, so a little high on the Ks. But if he can control that at all this year, how do you go wrong with that? Plus, plus mm-hmm. the addition of the other guys that we won't name right now that are on that team, you put them in the middle of that lineup. I mean, come on. Gary Sanchez all the way. Yankees win! Ah, Yankees win! Oops. How did that happen? Yeah. I wonder Who how hit happened. that? Who hit yeah. that? Don't do that again. Yankees win. Yankees win. Keep playing it now. Keep playing it now. You're not going to hear it at the end of the year. Play it now because you're not going to hear it at the end of the year. So play it now. Stop it, hater. Folks, first base, we're keeping it going here for the haters and the lovers. Abreu. Listen, this guy, I understand he's got a little sore hammy right now, but don't worry. Everything will be fine. It's not a serious condition. Everything that I've paid attention to. I have him myself in several teams. Captain Steady, 36-30. This is the last four years for everybody. 36-30, 25-33. That's your home run total. 101, 100, 101, 102. That's your RBIs. And then your batting average, I'll throw it down. 317, 290, 298, 304. That's your last four years. I don't know. I, I like consistency, and there you go. You don't get much more than that. Um, and then as far as my... Yankees win! Ah, Yankees win! You know what? One of my major concerns is first base, and I'll tell you that right off the bat. Let's keep this going, though, because I could go on about Bird being the first baseman and why they're so high on him, and I don't understand. Do me a favor. Guys, Tate, go with it. Your turn. Hit it. I'm going to do kind of a sneaky spot here at uh, first base, and I'm going to talk about Albert Pujols. Um, currently, like in ESPN, he's only listed at DH, but he will be playing first base this year. Uh, get to see, got to see him out in uh, Arizona uh, again this year, and uh, dude wow. dropped a bunch of bunch of weight. He's slimmed down. He's looking like the Pujols of old, and he had a he had a quote unquote off year last year with 23 home runs and 101 RBIs and a 241 batting average. So mm-hmm. dude's lost weight. He's playing, playing out there in the field a lot more this year. And you, you you're going to get 20 plus home runs. You're going to get a hundred RBIs. And I'm going to go out there and say, you're probably getting a 260, 280 between 260 and 280 batting average from him. He's slimmed down. He's ready. He wants to win now. So Albert Pujols is my first base nice. pick. Much better lineup, too. Um, I want to jump to the other coast for mine. I want to talk about a guy with, in most leagues, dual position eligibility in Trey Mancini, first base, left field, uh, a guy that's going to play every day in a great hitter's park, in a great hitter's division with all hitter's parks across that uh, across the AL East. But a guy you're looking at that's going to get you 25 to 30 doubles, a guy that's going to get you 20, 25 home runs, probably has a chance to knock in 85 to 95 RBIs and hit for a high average, a 290, 295 hitter. Trey is somebody that not a lot of people are looking at. They should be. But I want to give you a little preview for the crop report when it does come up. 
And this is a guy that you're not going to see this year unless you see injuries to Edwin Encarnacion. But Bobby Bradley, a six foot one first baseman for the Cleveland Indians, kid that moves really well at first base, especially for a guy as stocky as he is, moves well, hits the ball hard, hit over 300 this spring out in Arizona, and uh, somebody that we'll talk more about, uh, more about as the crop report comes on in future episodes. Nice, nice. Keep it going. Move it along. Give a second base, throw it down. Well, second base, second base. I mean, somebody here is going to talk about somebody I like a lot. So, uh, But second base is such a deep position to me this year, especially in the American League. Uh, but somebody I like to look at, Ian Kinsler. I think you're going to see a rejuvenation for this guy batting at the top of the Angels order. Nice, nice lineup behind him. Uh, coaching staff wants to let him run. I think this guy can steal 15 bags. He hits for power. I don't think the average is going to be where you want it. I think you're looking at a 250, 260 season on the average at best, but a guy that can still fill the stat sheet. And, again, one of those guys that you can get later in the draft that's still going to give you very good production. So Ian Kinsler is my second baseman in the L. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I, you know what? I have to say, I definitely do like it. And I'm going to let you go ahead. Do you want to take him for a little bit of a ride and leave me a piece of him? Or... No, no, I'll comment after after you on that. You, you, you got him, you take him. All righty. I like uh, – listen, definitely have to take two guys right now, second basemen that aren't really being talked about either. I just don't understand. Uh, scoop from uh, – Jonathan Scoop from uh, Baltimore. Listen, somebody get this guy an agent, too, because not only have you not heard of him, apparently his agent hasn't heard uh, of him either. He's had 25 and 32 home runs each of the last two seasons. He's had 82 RBIs and 105 RBIs. Okay, he's hit 267 and 293, and he makes a half a million a year. That's just a shame. Okay, then you have the other one we're talking about with Merrifield, a little bit of a late bloomer in KC. But, hey, listen, uh, Baltimore players, 19 games during the Yahoo playoffs, folks. KC players, 20 games during the Yahoo playoffs. This is why somebody I'm targeting. Spring batting 480, four home runs, four triples, four doubles. 13 RBIs, four stolen bases. Did I forget? Go ahead, and I'll let you clean up on them. Dude, talk about a stat stuffer. Just something I want to throw out there. We talk about our our, our big ESPN Keeper League that we play in. So last season, I had a guy named Jose Altuve, man, in second base for me, had some holes in some other positions. Was lucky enough to pick up on Whit Merrifield early in the season, add him. Don't be afraid to trade guys because of their name. I turned around and shipped Altuve and Ryan Zimmerman to a guy for Carlos Carrasco and Paul Goldschmidt. You, you know, if you have big names, look at some of these guys like Mirafield that are putting up stats across the board. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to trade some of your bigger names to fill positions and, and get back better players to help your team. So, but Mirafield's definitely one of my favorite players. Nice. Tate? Well, I'm going to stick with the guy here in Texas, Rugnet Odor. A lot of people probably letting him slide a little bit because he had a 204 batting average last year, uh, 162 strikeouts, but he still had 30 home runs for the second year in a row with 30 plus home runs. 
And I think he just improves on that still 30 plus home runs this year. Hopefully he's shown in spring training that he's trying to show a little more patience at the plate, not strike out as much and uh, draw, draw a little more walks and uh, be a little more consistent with getting on base. So uh, he's somebody that I like quite a bit as uh Rugnet Odor, keep an eye on him and to uh, probably up his batting average with the patience at the plate from the 204 of last year back up to around what it was the previous year between the 240-250 range, if not higher. So you know, I like Rugnet Odor. That's what I was going to get ready to ask you, too. If, if last year was a little bit of the anomaly, do you feel that – it was just a, a rough year at the plate, and he'll, he's going to bounce back. But I guess you're answering that question for me. Well, yeah, I, I do think it was kind of an anomaly out there. Um, he just was he just signed a long-term deal last year going into the season. So I think maybe the idea of just signing this long big long-term deal for him, dude's only like 20, 21, 22 years old right now still, too, I believe. So mm. – He's he's still a kid, and he's he had put probably put a lot of pressure on himself to perform up to the contract that he signed, and including the two horses that they gave him. So, uh, you know, kind of keep an eye on him. I just think, like you said, uh, probably just an anomaly where uh, he he put too much pressure on himself to perform up to or exceed the contract that he signed going into last year. He's had a year to sit on it and. Mm-hmm. Re- he'll be a little more relaxed. And like I said, going into spring training this year, that was something that he specifically said and the team specifically said that he was working on is showing a lot more patience at the plate. And from watching some of the uh, Rangers games, that's one of the two teams that we didn't see in person out there, but I've seen enough of him on TV here locally and whatnot. He's definitely showing that he's trying to have a little more patience at the plate and be a little more selective at what he's swinging at. Well, hopefully he wasn't out too late at the Bad Bunny concert the other night either. You know? No, he absolutely not. Season here, so. He was stuck in Arizona, so he wasn't in town for that. <laughs> All right. Now, let me ask you something, not regarding the Bad Bunnies, but asking oh. about – yeah, sorry. I should be asking about the bad bunnies. Maybe I will another time, but um, right now I got to keep it going on to third base. And uh, go ahead. I've got to ask you, uh, you know, I know you want to go with a Yankee third base. Oh, no, no, you don't. (laughs) We don't have a third baseman either right now. Okay. Well, our third baseman is down in the minors right now, but. Yes. You know, we'll talk about that for a different time Great place for with the crop yeah, report. Who, who is he? And we'll talk about him on the crop report. Yeah. Yeah. But Great place. For right now, I'll, I'll mention third base. I've, I've got two guys. Um, I'll, I'll mention Alex Bregman. Everybody's already, we already talked about him with uh, Swath. So I won't go too much into him, but Bregman coming off the uh, world series win. He, great young kid. Keep an eye mm-hmm. on him. He's just going to keep getting better. But uh, somebody else I'll mention, kind of cheating with this one a little bit, but Joey Gallo, uh, with again, with the Rangers, third baseman slash first base. He's kind of moved over to first base because Adrian Beltre there, it, kind of blocking him at third. But I think uh, Joey Gallo mostly has third base eligibility, first base as well in most leagues, 40-plus home runs, 209 batting average last year, 
and 196 strikeouts. So you're going to get the strikeouts. The batting average, again, I do think, like we mentioned with Odor, was probably an anomaly. Uh, and I know it's something he was, he's been working on. I think you're probably going to see probably around the 230, 240 mark this year with him. A little better, a little more patience at the plate. But uh, 40, definitely 40-plus home run guy long-term. So Joey Gallo is a, another guy I like. So even with the being on the Rangers, not a great team overall this year, but uh, they do have a couple guys, a few guys with some power and some uh, consistent hitting. Good, right? Good. No. Yeah, I, I mean, that, eligibility uh, helps. The, the, the dual right. eligibility helps. JT, go and, ahead. You know, that's something. This player I'm going to mention has two of my favorite things, third base, shortstop eligibility, and they're mm. in a contract year. Manny Machado. A lot of people say, oh, well, that's an easy one. Well, when you look at what he did going up to the All-Star break last year, he was a 221 hitter, finished the season at a 259 clip, still hit 30-plus home runs. Think of the amount of hits that guy had to have in the second half to raise his batting average at that point in the season. Then you flash forward and you say, okay, was he able to carry that over going into this season? Well, if we're looking at what he did in 51 at-bats out in Arizona, he batted 373, three bombs, 16 RBIs stole a bag, over a 1,000 OPS. The guy has moved back to his natural position of shortstop. That's got to do something for the mental side of his game. He doesn't have to concentrate on playing out of position. He can play where it's natural, and he can concentrate on the offensive side of the game, not to mention this guy's playing for a massive contract in the offseason. So Manny Machado, third base shortstop, is my pick for my third baseman. Real nice, real nice. And you're going to hear a lot of that, folks, out of us on a regular basis. Uh, we tend to look at who's coming up for free agency, who's playing for their contract, who are we looking at. You know, I mean, you got guys like Donaldson and Pence, Harper, Machado, Nelson Cruz, Blackman, Keiko, Adam Jones, Daniel Murphy, Zach Britton, Kim Brell. Uh, you know, you could go down the line. Uh, Yasmani Grandel. Uh, Wilson Ramos, who I gave earlier, you know, Brian Dozier, all these guys, Marwin Gonzalez, all big names, all big fantasy names that are in a contract year. This is it. They're playing for their next big one. So you always want to pay attention to those. One of those guys, Mustakis just signed a one-year contract. That's a third baseman I'm giving. 20 games in Yahoo during the playoffs. There's 21 games in the playoffs. He's playing in 20 of them. And he's playing in a contract year. I'm taking him. He's got a 288 batting average. All right? You're talking about a 29-year-old on a one-year contract. There's nothing like that. 38 homer guy last year, 85 RBIs, trying to prove himself. There's not much better than that. Well, unless you're talking about my other third baseman, Rafael uh, Divas. 21-year-old phenom Dominican, okay, came up, played half a year last year, 222 at-bats, 10 homers, 30 RBIs, 284, making it look easy after he just walked through AAA and AA at the age of 20, walked through it. I mean, 20 home runs, 60 RBIs. That's just that. That's just a crazy young man there. Uh, I Definitely, definitely keep an eye on him. I don't care. That was something that we joked about, JT and Tate and I, 
before the yeah. uh, show started was it doesn't matter what uniform you wear. What are you going to do for my fantasy team? Exactly. I mean, that's just, that, that, that's just the way it goes. So let's go ahead. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go into the shortstops. And looking at the shortstops, you know, first off, you have to go with, you know, as JT calls it, he likes to go with the chalk and all that. And, yeah, Correa is a, a nice guy, I believe, to go with in Houston there. Young kid, big kid, 6'4", playing shortstop. For, and uh, just having an unbelievable time of it so far. He is uh, two, almost uh, three years. He's had 66 home runs, okay, 248 for RBIs and 288 batting average. Okay, just a phenomenal young man on a phenomenal team, on a great offense. Why wouldn't you? So there's your chalk. But don't forget, we'll be talking on the crop report to find out guys like Barreto, Ademis, mm-hmm. Bo right. Brendan Rogers. That's going to be, I can't wait when those guys are starting to rear their heads up and, and, and being part of the fantasy uh, landscape in the crop report. JT, who do you have? Well, you know, I got to explain to everybody out there in Jesserville how hard it is to do the show with someone as knowledgeable as the guy that just talked before me. See, we have this thing where we have this list of players we're going to talk about, but then he keeps bringing out all these players that he didn't mention. So he takes your guy, Bo Bichette, thank you for playing. But anyway, it's, it's hard when you have guys that have this kind of knowledge. You know, you got to be ready. So I'm going to pick a guy from the team that he picked his shortstop from. He talked about Carlos Correa. Well, again, I want that multi-position eligibility. When Carlos Correa missed games last year, Marwin Gonzalez, man shortstop, not only is he eligible at short, he's eligible at second, he's eligible at first, in left field. This is a guy that can bat 300, he can hit 20-plus home runs, and that offense he can drive in 80 runs, and he can steal a handful of bags. So a guy that you can use all over the diamond as your super utility player so you can use your bench spots for other players like Bo Bichette that you may want to grab and stash for future reference. So Marwin Gonzalez is who I'm taking for my American League shortstop. And Tate? Uh, I'm going to go the direction of uh, Cleveland and go Francisco Lindor. I mean, how can you go wrong with this guy? 273 last year, 33 home runs. 60 walks and 93 strikeouts. I mean, Lindor, power, he hits leadoff, too, this year is what he's been doing in spring training quite a bit. And JT, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but he's been he's been hitting a lot of leadoff this year. No, he's so, been at the top of the order. So 33 home runs and still 89 RBIs from your leadoff spot? I mean, come on. And he had 15 stolen bases last year. I just see that improving as well. So Francisco Lindor is my pick at shortstop. I like it. Uh, you know, that's the one thing, Tate, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when he was coming up through the minors, I don't remember having uh, him having so much pop in, in his bat. Is that correct? I forget. Uh, I don't remember him being so, uh, not having that much power. No, he didn't. He didn't. He was always uh, he he had a little bit. He showed flashes here and there, but never to the idea where he was hitting 30, home, 30 plus home runs 
in the minors. So, you know, we'll go. Yeah. He's just improved every year since he's been out there. So, uh, you know, and before we go ahead and move on, I want to ask you guys, anybody, and this is an early crop report person, anybody liking Tatis, anybody enjoy, think that he has any potential? Absolutely. I mean, he looks good. Yeah, he looks good. The bat looks good. The glove, you know, the glove looks a lot better than early reports on the guy. But I would say where San Diego's situation, he's one of those guys that I think is more of a, a next-year kind of guy than we're going to see anything from him this year just for service and uh, service contract eligibility. Interesting. Interesting. So that's not somebody you're saying that we're going to see this year, you think? I don't personally I, think so, but who knows what San Diego's doing. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that is the idea that uh, he's definitely somebody I like. He's on my radar, somebody that I'm watching. Um, we got to see him in person again out in Arizona, play a couple innings here and there. But uh, definitely somebody that with the situation there in San Diego, probably not somebody you see until very, very late this year, like September call-ups type of thing or uh, sometime next year at the earliest. Okay. All right. All right. Just want to see what you guys thought about him. Been hearing a lot of talk about him in a couple of different fantasy circles. So uh, I've been looking at him. I didn't see anything. Uh, I, I didn't see anything yet that was ready yet. Uh, do I think down the road? Yeah. Does he have the power potential? Yeah. Um, is he ready now? No, and part of this game, and JT's alluded to this several times before, is being able to play the defensive end and being able to stay in all game. And uh, that's what you got to watch. When you're watching these young guys come up, and we'll be talking about this. Remember, folks, the crop report. Pay attention to it because it is the future talent that we all as fantasy players will be playing with. All right, and one of those things is, yes, you want the guys that are the good hitters, but you want guys that are also a good fielding because you don't want them being replaced with a defensive replacement late in the game. JT's talked about it several times. Let's go ahead. Let's keep this rolling, and we're getting ready to get to the halfway point. We're wrapping up AL. Listen, folks, we broke it up for you folks that play in AL and NL only leagues so that you have it for each one. And now let's wrap up the ALJT offensive players in the outfield. Hit it. Well, I'm this is probably one of my favorite guys I'm going to talk about tonight. A guy last night that not only scored, he scored from second base on a fly ball, fly out to right field. Bradley Zimmer, center fielder of the Cleveland Indians. The guy has probably one of the strangest batting stances I've ever seen in my life. But he reminds me of Ichiro as quick as he gets down the line to first base. Left-handed batter, quick out of the box, beats out the infield single with that speed. He's got some pop. People didn't get a chance to see it last year. Eight home runs and around 300 bats, but I think you're going to see that number up around 20 this year. But one of those guys that has the possibility of stealing 20 or 30 bags, hitting 20 home runs, hitting for a high average, I think you're going to see quite a few doubles, triples out of this guy. Really exciting player. Love to watch this kid play. Uh, and defensively, I mean, just to watch him in the outfield, a guy that lays out for the ball, 
more one of the more exciting young players. Another guy, and we'll talk about him some more in the crop report because he's not going to start the season with the Blue Jays, but T. Oscar Hernandez, a guy that's got some prestigious power, just almost Joey Bats-like power, in my opinion, when you see this guy swing. Uh, a guy that they're high on, a guy that has no more options. So once he comes up, he's here to stay. And I think this is a guy that's going to make a difference in that Blue Jay lineup. We'll talk about him more on the crop report. Nice. Nice. Good stuff. Well, so what we'll I'll do jump is, in uh, here. I'll yeah, jump yeah. in here with my outfielders now. Uh, yeah. you, how can you talk about outfield without naming Mike Trout? I mean, he's, he's the given. He's the, you know, to refer to wrestling, you got Cesaro and Sheamus. We don't just set the bar. We are the bar. Mike Trout is the bar. Um, you know, so, but I'm, I'm going to, that's all I'm going to say about Trout, but he's the given. So another guy I like is George Springer. I mean, I'm, again, the World Series MVP, George Springer, uh, leading off for the Astros again. He's moved from right field to center field this year. So he's got dual position eligibility in right field and center field. And 283 batting average last year, 85 RBIs, 34 home runs from the leadoff spot. So, you know, how can you go wrong with Springer? And I'm going to name one more in Andrew Benintendi from my hated Boston Red Sox. But Benintendi, young kid, again, dual position eligibility with center and left. Uh, for those of you, I know there's a lot of leagues that, that outfield is outfield. But in our league and a lot of other leagues nowadays, you're picking are what which outfield position are they playing, left, right, or center. So, again, dual position eligibility is a big deal. Left and center for Benintendi. He's uh, 271 last year with 70 walks, 112 strikeouts, 90 RBIs, and 20 home runs. He's dude's a young kid. He's just going to keep getting better. So, unfortunately for the for the Yankees, the Red Sox have a guy that is really good and just going to get better. They have a lot of them. Yes, they Listen. do. I've been I've been on record and I'm getting my ass beat by Yankee fans for saying this. The guy I mentioned earlier, okay, uh, their third baseman, Devers, he's going to have more offensive statistics. He will have more home runs and more RBIs than the Yankees' op- uh, first baseman and third baseman combined by the All Star break. <laughs> Watch. I'm dead serious. This kid will have more home runs and RBIs than the Yankees' first base and third baseman combined by the All-Star break. And, Jester, I got I to chime in on that. And there were questions about this guy's glove at this time last year, which is why he didn't break camp with the Sox. Please, that was a money move. Don't even – the kid plays a great third base on top of everything you're saying. Yeah. No. Listen. Back to uh, back to the outfielders, and, and the one outfielder I have to ask both of you about, obviously because it's been the talk of the offseason. Yankees win! Oh, Yankees win! And and he happens to play for that team, guys. I'm gonna start with Tate and then go to JT. Give me give me a Stanton prediction for this year. Tate, what do you have? Well, I love Stanton hitting in New York with that short right field porch. Um, he's got that protection in the lineup between Judge, Stanton, 
Sanchez, et cetera, that we've already talked about. If a, if Bird's healthy, he can go right in there with him too. If he's healthy and, and hitting the way that he's capable of or has shown the potential of doing, I love Stanton in New York. I think uh possibility of 60-plus is, is realistic, but I'm, I'm going to say he goes probably 50-55 this year. Wow. Wow, you know that's JT? that's all well and good. that's all well and good in the land of Walt Disney World with storybook endings. I think uh, Stanton's going to try to do too much in the city of New York. Jester, I've heard you say it too, so don't off oh, me. Okay, he's going to try to do too much. He's going to try to justify those pinstripes because when you put that uniform on, that's one of those uniforms that does mean something. I'll say that. So I think he's going to try to do a little too much, and I think he's going to overextend himself. I'm looking at a 38 to 40 home run season, right around a 260, 265 clip for the average. Can I jump back in there for just a second and say yeah. I'm All not right, going to argue or disagree with you on that, JT, because I can see see your point of view as well. But uh, I think Judge also, or not Judge Stanton, that we're talking about here, um, he's also got to make that adjustment in the pitching. He's been over in the National League his whole career. He's he's got to make the adjustment to American League pitching this year too. And granted, for a guy like him, maybe it's not as big of a jump for some people, but moving over to the American League, it just seems like it's sometimes a little tougher because uh, those guys are usually facing DHs and whatnot all the time as opposed to National League pitchers getting the opportunity to face a pitcher hitting against them every every day in the lineup. So, What do you got for us, Jester? I can't wait to hear this. No, I'm staying steady with my unfortunate prediction. I'm afraid to, I, you know, I want to believe in the fairy tale. I want to believe in the idea that both of them, Judge and, and Stanton, 50 homers and, and rainbows and fireworks over the stadium <laughs> and all that stuff. I really do. Of course I do. But realistically, I'm looking at a guy who's changing leagues, learning pitchers, uh, you know, I could go down the list. I could go down the list. And really, uh, one of the biggest ones is what you alluded to, is you put that uniform on and there's a tendency to just overextend yourself. And it happens. It happens to the best of them. And I, I hope for the best. I hope for the best. But you know what? The best part about being Yankees win, ah, Yankees win, is even if Stanton only hits 36, my other outfielder that I was giving people, Mr. Judge, kind of left a mark last year. 52 homers, 114 RBIs, but 127 base on balls. Yes, a lot of strikeouts, 208 strikeouts. But you know what? An out's an out. I really don't care how you get out. If you hit it into the air or you miss it completely, it's still an out. So for all you haters out there, oh, they're going to strike out a lot. Yeah, they're also going to put the ball out a lot too. Okay, so that's how that all goes. Anyway, listen, folks, got to take a time out here before we go NL. We're going to talk about Listen, next week on the show, full details, because this is all about baseball. But we have a huge auction we're about to put on, folks. We've got four signed 
hockey pucks that we got from the New Jersey Devils. One of them's already been auctioned. The other three will be put up for auction. Details next Saturday night. 100% of the proceeds for those pucks go to make a wish. Tampa Bay Lightning. See, those were the Jersey Devils that did that. The Tampa Bay Lightning followed suit. And we have a signed jersey by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, going up for auction for Make-A-Wish. All the details, we're going to have a separate article to have its own links. We'll be going up this week, and then we'll be talking about it all next weekend show so that you don't miss any of it. We have signed baseballs that we'll be putting up as well. 100% of the proceeds to make a wish because the greatest part about what we do isn't just playing the games. Yeah, you know what? It is fun to play fantasy sports. As we all know, it is highly addictive. It is a fun time. The games, the sports, all good times. As JT and Tate can tell you from meeting a bunch of the guys, a bunch of great players play these sports. But the best part about this is being able to use this platform to help the children in the world, the true innocents. And that is the best part about being the jester, is being able to use this to help, whether it's Make-A-Wish or the Gary Ruots of the world. That's what this is about. It's not just about the sports. It's not just about the ha-has. And we get a bunch of them. But it's also about helping the young kids today. Folks, let's get this continued. Let's go. Second half NL. National League people, we didn't forget you. Let's get it going. Let's kick it right off. And we're going to kick it off with Tate. Tate, go ahead. Let's give us some NL starting pitching. Well, you can't talk NL starting pitching without mentioning the guy out there in L.A., Dodgerland, and Clayton Kershaw. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about stuff with uh, Otani, the uh, idea of Clayton Kershaw went through all of spring training. He finished up a start yesterday and finished the entire spring training season with a 0.00 ERA. So how can you not talk about him? But if you're playing in a keeper league, he's not somebody that's going to be available. So I'm going to mention two other people real quick. I'm going to start with you Darvish again, moving this year from the Rangers to the Cubs. I got to see him a lot in person over the last few years here in Texas and uh, got to see him pitch a game out there in Arizona with the uh, happened to be against the Dodgers, but uh, Darvish looked good. He looks like he's got his stuff. He had some issues during the playoffs last year, apparently tipping pitches in the world series. Um, If he's got that all figured out, he's going to be the you Darvish that you would expect and pitching in Chicago should be a good place for him. Last but not least, I'm going to mention from Colorado, Herman Marquez. Uh, he's a guy I've had on my team last year, this year, he looked tough last year with a 4.39 ERA, but he went 11 and seven, 147 strikeouts, 49 walks. But uh, I think he's a guy, keep your eye on, uh, 
I like Herman Marquez, and I think in Colorado, even he's going to do well. You you hear about pitchers in Colorado with that the ball flying out of there. I think he's going to uh, hold it up this year. He only gave he gave up 25 home runs last year, which is a bunch, but I think he's going to do well. I like Herman Marquez a lot. Nice, good pitchers. I'm going to actually start off my National League pitchers with a guy to avoid. You've had your head buried in the sand today. Madison Baumgartner with another freak injury breaks his left hand out six to eight weeks is what I'm hearing. Uh, so you may want to readjust him as far as your draft order. But the two guys I want to look at are Zach Godley of the Arizona Diamondbacks, guy that kind of broke on the scene last year, 155 innings, 165 strikeouts, 1-8, did lose nine, but a nice crisp 3.37 ERA, 1.14 whip and has looked dominant at times so far this spring. And then I want to talk about the old man, Rich Hill, pitching for the Dodgers. I'm all about any Dodgers pitcher you can get your hands on this year with the team they have and the bullpen they have behind them. Uh, Rich Hill, another guy that's going to get you a 10-plus case per nine, a veteran pitcher that has a nasty curveball, uh, just seems to know how to work his way in and around batters, guy that can win you 12 to 15 games. And both of these guys are guys that I think you could get in the middle of the draft. Nice. It really is. It is about finding what you can throughout the draft. It's, there are bargains throughout the draft. And we just had one hell of a draft uh, for this mm-hmm. one league that we're talking about. And JT and I, we've talked about there's still plenty of talent on the board. There's always still plenty of talent coming along if you pay attention to what's coming along. If you're looking ahead, see, it's not just about who's going to be the opening day starter now, folks. If you've drafted your team, great. You're looking at the opening day starters, but how many of you have looked past the opening day starter and who's the next person at that position? Who might be pushing somebody who's coming up? Those are the things that you're going to pay attention to on, guess what, the crop report. I, I can't put it any more simple for you folks. The crop report. We're going to tell you who to look for. Hey, guess what? Look who's coming. Uh, there's only one place to get it, right here, Fantasy Justice Show, FantasyJusticeSports.com. JT, Tate, myself. Robbie Ray's bringing it this year. If I'm going pitcher, I'm going Robbie Ray. That humidor effect's got to help a guy that just came off one of his best years. Seems like a guy that really is starting to find how to pitch as he's getting older. Handle that. Okay, 26-year-old guy starting to get it going. Starting to find himself. Humidor effect. Uh, With a a guy 1.15 whip. 15 and 5 last year, 218 Ks. What's that going to do to him? See, they're too busy talking about the hitters. Well, what's the effect on the pitchers? Well, it's going to be a positive one, I believe. Then also, crop report guy, Walker Bueller. I'm going to throw that out there. Just got to throw him out there. Let's keep it going. Uh, I can't say the crop report enough time. Crop report, crop report, (laughs) crop report. I hope you're all hearing it. Jeez. Doing everything I can. Well, well, as as we hear that, let's get into the National League relief pitchers. 
Uh, I'm yeah. going to say something that my two two hosts co-hosts here along with me are probably going to disagree with me on. But in leagues like we play in, I punt on saves. Personally, I don't want a closer on my roster. I could care less. They're only going to come in the game if you're winning anyway. Give me the holes guys. Give me the middle relief guys like Josh Hader, a guy that's going to come in and throw two or three innings whether the Brewers are winning or the Brewers are losing. He's still going to get me Ks. He's still going to get me Ks per nine. He has a chance to get me wins if the Brewers and that offense come back. So Josh Hader's a guy that absolutely reminds me of a young Chris Sale, awkward throwing motion, hair flying out the back of his hat, just somebody I really enjoy watching. 2.08 ERA last year, 12.84 Ks per nine. I'm big on him this year, and he is definitely somebody that I'm dressing on my teams. And I'll jump in there with, uh, I like Wade Davis, again, Colorado pitcher that everybody gives a hard time with them, uh, with the way balls fly out in Colorado. But uh, Wade Davis, last year in Colorado, had a 2.3 ERA, uh, 32 saves, and gave up uh, six home runs. So, you know, how he, Colorado didn't hurt him. But uh, Wade Davis, again, back in Colorado, I, I like him. And uh, Corey Knebel in Milwaukee. Uh, JT mentioned uh, Heater, setup guy there in Milwaukee. Uh, Knebel, I like 1.78 ERA and uh, 22 saves last year. So, uh, or I'm sorry, 39 saves last year. I was reading the wrong line. I apologize. But uh, 39 saves, 1.78 ERA in Milwaukee. Uh, he'll get his opportunities. They've got a pretty good lineup there. Uh, just a matter of if their pitching can get them to the point where they get the opportunity. Nice. Nice. Real quick, guys, I'm going to go ahead. Give me some Felipe Rivero. All right. He struggled a little bit so far in the spring, but Hurdle said not to be worried. He's sticking with the 26-year-old Venezuelan, 1.67 ERA, .88 whip, 10.5 Ks per nine, Solid at the back end. They're going to be a lot of closer games this year in Pittsburgh. So in those closer games, you need that guy back there at the back end, getting those saves in those one run games. And then looking at a guy that right now could be getting holes and then leading to saves is uh, Madsen there over in Washington. You know, mm. my over under for Doolittle before he gets injured is like 23 games. I don't know how you guys <laughs> feel about that. Honestly, I mean, you know, listen, you're talking about a guy, 1-8-3 ERA, okay, through two teams last year. Two teams last year through 12.8K per nine. And here's the best one, though, 9.33 strikeout to walk ratio. Absolutely ridiculous. His whole career, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. And, again, I don't see Doolittle lasting more than uh, maybe uh, – hopefully he doesn't trip out on opening day. Going over to the catchers, let's go ahead and switch up now. Real quick, guys, I'm going to go with a, uh, the steadfast, regular guy, steady as she goes, Buster Posey, 30-year-old. Listen, right now he's got a couple of ankle concerns, so you're going to see him more at first base, but he's got that catcher first base dual eligibility. He's had it for however long now, okay? So just be happy and use that, work that. But he's going to be his steady self. And a guy that I'm thinking, listen, he's a 20-game Yahoo players, 20 games during the playoffs. 
Jorge Alfaro, 24-year-old, signed on as a free agent, 2016, made his major league debut, okay? Listen, over 162 games. If you average it out, he averages out to 23 homers, 65 RBIs, okay, and a 293 batting average. And so, uh, This is just a guy that's coming on now and going to be something to contend with on a team that is growing. So uh, as long as your league doesn't count strikes, you're good. Well, I'm going to jump in there with my, my catchers on the uh, National League side. I'm going to mention Tucker Barnhart of Cincinnati. Uh, he's pretty much taken over at this point, won the starting job for himself over Devin Mazzarocco. Uh Mazzarocco can't keep himself healthy, and Barnhart's worked his way up and covering for him last year and worked his way in the starting spot this year. So Tucker Barnhart uh, batted 270 last year in 370 plate appearances, seven home runs, 44 RBIs, but uh, somebody to keep an eye on. And uh, I like him. I think he's going to just improve on that now that he's solidified the starting position and going to keep, keep going with that and improve it even more so as it goes along. So uh, I like T- Tucker Barnhart and uh, Yadier Molina is another good quality standby guy. You know, he's, he's the man. I mean, it's a Molina and it's a catcher. How do you not not like him in St. Louis? Uh, 273 last year, 18 home runs, 28 walks, 74 Ks, and 501 at-bats. He's, he's solid. Molina, Yadier Molina in St. Louis, solid, solid pick there at uh, catcher. Well, let's, nice. let's stay in the NL Central. Nice. Uh, to me, the catcher to have in the National League, Wilson Contreras, I alluded to that in the AL catcher segment. Uh, a guy that's gotten better each year has gradually lowered that strikeout rate to what it was back in Iowa and uh, AAA that made him such a elite prospect at that point. Uh, but definitely somebody in a Cubs lineup in a great ballpark. And again, look at the division he plays in. Basically plays in a launching pad against every division opponent. So quality ballparks, really good contact hitter, fantastic lineup. Wilson Contreras is really the catcher for me to have in the National League. If you're looking for a sleeper standby, a guy that showed some pop last year and is in an intriguing young lineup in Tyler Flowers, a guy, again, has some pop, going to get more at-bats this year, seems to have the ability to drive the ball in. And as we'll talk about later on with other players, Atlanta has some speed on the base paths, and they're going to run. So look for Flowers to have plenty of opportunities with runners in scoring position when he gets up the bat. Nice. And those Atlanta players, hey, by the way, uh, I've mentioned the Yahoo playoff thing. Atlanta players, 19 games. Listen, folks, uh, you know, those Yahoo playoffs, it's 17 games, 18 games, 19, or 20. I want the 19 and 20 guys, not the 17 and 18. So uh, That's just me. Yeah, I don't blame you. Get those positions. So let's, uh, let's kick it over to first base. Guy I want to talk about the guy I was high on this time last year. If you listened to the Jester show, you couldn't hear JT shut up about Cody Bellinger. Well, I don't <laughs> feel too badly about what I had to say about the gentleman. Uh, first base, left field eligibility, plenty of power. Again, I am 100% in on Dodgers players. The lineup is sick. The team is sick. They're at a great ballpark. Uh, Cody Bellinger, 40-plus home run power, and a guy that has the potential to steal 20 bags. 
if you're looking for somebody maybe to look at down the line, or let's say you missed out on a Bellinger, um, Rice Hoskins, who's actually going to be playing left field in Philly, does have first base eligibility. Got a taste of his power last year when he came up. Uh, a guy that doesn't seem to be going very high uh, in the draft that I've been a part of, but a guy that I think definitely deserves a spot on your team in a young Phillies lineup that with guys like Jorge Alfaro, who the Jester mentioned a few minutes ago, has some room to grow and a chance to be pretty good. Nice. I'll I'll nice. jump in there with with first base. I'm going with Joey Votto. Um, he he's a name a lot of people like him and such, but uh, I do think that sometimes he gets a little bit overlooked because he's playing in Cincinnati with with their offensive capabilities and the the number of losses they have and the idea that they're just they're not contending for a playoff spot right now in most people's eyes. But Votto last year went out and hit 320 with 36 homers, 100 RBIs, uh, 134 walks, and 83 Ks. Yes, I'll say that again, 134 walks, 83 Ks. Not that many guys have that many more walks than they do strikeouts. So wow. with the with the strikeout to K ratio, 320 batting average, 36 home runs, 34 doubles, and uh, a 1.032 OPS. So uh, Joey Votto is my pick at first base. Uh, you, obviously, there's the standby guys that everybody's going to go after in Goldschmidt and Rizzo as well. But uh, I, I like Joey Votto for National League first base. Nice, nice. Good stuff. And, and listen, I, I'm going to drop mine real quick. I got Freeman uh, from Atlanta. Listen, I saw this guy just recently, and I was shocked at one thing. You know, uh, he stood with Stanton and Judge. And when looking at the three of them, I didn't know Freeman would be actually between the two in size. He is bigger than Stanton, but smaller than Judge. I had no idea Freddie Freeman was bigger than Stanton. And uh, he puts up some nice numbers. Uh, dual eligibility, first and third. I know he does in those Yahoo leagues. And uh, the last two years, 63, uh, 62 homers, 162 RBIs. The other guy I'm giving real quick, Pittsburgh, Bell, Josh Bell. Second round guy, 2011. Here's the thing. First full season last year, 26 homers, 90 RBIs. And I want to see that as that team and that offense picks up. I'd like to see what he does. Nice 466 plus, uh, slugging percentage. Guys, let's keep this going. You know, I want to toss it right back to Tate. Tate, hit me with some second bases. Second base, I like DJ LeMahieu again in Colorado. You keep talking about how the Yahoo playoffs and the way the games line up. DJ LeMahieu again, Colorado, playing all those extra games during your during your playoff matchups. But uh, DJ LeMahieu last year, three ten batting average, uh, fifty nine walks to ninety Ks. Not a not a big power guy, but he gets on base. 149 hits, 28 doubles, uh, 64 RBIs, only eight home runs. But, again, he's getting on base. He's got a 783 OPS. But, that again, DJ, DJ LeMahieu I like a lot there at second base. And uh, one other guy I'll mention is Ian Happ in Chicago. Again, the uh, with the Cubs, dual position eligibility, actually triple position eligibility for those of you that do outfield positions second base, left field, center field, uh, 253 last year. But uh, he's got 
got some pop. He's probably going to improve on that. I'd I'd say probably in the 270 range, uh, 24 home runs. So Ian Happ is somebody to keep an eye on too, with the Cubs. Nice. And, and let's 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 stick on that Cubs. Let's stick on that Cubs theme. Talk about Javier Baez, uh, second base, shortstop, third base, basically the whole infield, aside from your first base catcher. But a guy that has shown the ability to be this super utility player kind of an old-style Ben Zobrist when he used to play for the Tampa Bay Rays, the guy you could punch him in pretty much anywhere in the infield, a guy that plays pretty much every day because of that as well. Madden rests his players. He's notorious for that. So this guy pretty much sees an at-bat pretty much, I'd say, 95% of the time. He'll hit for 20-plus home runs. He'll drive in 80 RBIs, and he's starting to run a little bit more. Javier Baez is just somebody that I really, really think you need to target. Great lineup with the Cubs. Let's go back to my Dodgers love infatuation, Chris Taylor, second base, left base, center field, another guy that came over to the Dodgers, has latched on as a starter, guy that's going to see 550 at-bats, has 15 to 20 home run capability, scores a lot of runs, plays fantastic defense, so you're not going to see him taken off the field for that dreaded defensive substitution late in the game. So those are two guys that I think are sneaky pickups. Again, at a weaker position in the National League of second base that you could get later or middle of the draft to later in the draft to help your lineup. Yeah, you know, and that's the idea is, again, we keep talking about that middle of the draft, late in the draft. There's players that you can get that are going to make an impact this year. Chris Taylor, definitely one of them. Uh, 27-year-old utility guy. They've got him listed uh, under multiple positions. Uh, And that just gives you flexibility, folks. You want that flexibility in your roster. Uh, And we talk about those multiple positions. For you new people out there, you know, uh, there's all different strategies that we will consistently talk about throughout the year so that you can go ahead and continue to learn. You don't have to be playing the money leagues. You can be just learning and playing free leagues. And we're going to give you the guidance so that by the end of this year, you'll be able to join the rest of us and play in the money leagues and feel prepared that you know all the ins and outs of it. You know, and continue Jester. moving on, guys. As Jester, we continue to go. Yeah. Just a tease for the crop report. A guy we'll talk about next week, Scott Kingery, second base prospect for the Phillies. You'll hear more about him yeah. on the crop report next week. Yeah, yeah, and one of the guys, and since we got, I've got a little bit here, I, I want to go ahead and, and tell the story of this real quick. We've got a guy named Ozzano. Ozzano, some of you know him as Ozzy. <laughs> Ozzy Albies, okay. Camargo and Acuna all play for the Braves. Johan Camargo and the number one guy that we're all waiting for to come up. Okay, a little bit cool. Got to see them in spring training. And let me tell you something. You're talking about three guys that they literally had to pull them out of the cage. They were taking the cage down, and they were still going. And, and in particular, Albies was like, let me have one more. And then Acuna, oh, no, let me get one more. And they're arguing who's going to get the last at bat while they're still taking down the cage and all that. Uh, just great work habits. I expect a 2020 year from this guy. And a, a pretty much a, uh, I'm looking for a definitely a 300 batting average. He's just, he's a workaholic, all three of them. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised and 
I'm not really surprised, but disappointed is the better word, that uh, Camargo was hurt uh, early on. I wanted to see what he could do, but I'm telling you, the Atlanta Braves, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, you've got some hardcore, hardworking young men that will be coming up and, and are already there in the case of Albies. Uh, great team, guys. You're going to have fun watching them. Moving along. Let's keep it going. We just left second base, and we're going to go ahead, move on to third base, and I have to go to probably my favorite player. I've been fortunate enough in a couple of drafts to be able to go ahead and take Nolan Arenado, and it really is, I'm telling you, it's my pleasure to have him on a fantasy team because he is a stat filler. This guy, you're talking about a guy, you know, 2009 draft, second-round pick. He's got the pedigree. 26 years old. Three-time All-Star already. Five-time Golden Glover. 7.2 wins against replacement war. A big fantasy stat that I like to pay attention to or or a a sabermetric stat, as some call it. Um, Three-time Silver Slugger. And you're talking about a 26-year-old. But it makes you want to think for a second, and it's real simple. He's had three years of 42, 41, and 37 homers, 130, 133, and then 130 again RBIs. And it makes you wonder, because in five years, he's had 148 uh, home runs. If you extrapolate that over a 15-year career, 15 years. Now, Nolan Arenado, three-time Silver Slugger Award, Guys hit massive amount of home runs. And if he does that for 15 years, he only has 450 home runs. I'm telling you, folks, the steroid era must have been really nice, huh, folks? For some of you guys at that top hitting 700, makes you realize when you've got a player of Nolan Arenado's talent, if he plays his whole career, 15 years, he'll have 450. Absolutely ridiculous. Hey, I found my rant, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Thank you, fans. JT? So, we're sticking with the third (laughs) base. You're talking about Nolan Arenado. You can't beat that. I mean, that's fantastic. But I'm going to go in Milwaukee. I want to talk about a guy that the Red Sox were dumb enough to trade away in Travis Shaw, a guy with 30-plus home run capability. He'll steal 11 to 15 bags. He can bat 280, 290. He also isn't too bad at the corner on defense. The Milwaukee Brewers have an absolutely loaded lineup, so loaded that they're trying to find a place for aforementioned steroid era Ryan Braun to uh, find a place to play. So he's somebody, if you get a chance to get him, he's not a big name. A lot of these people you go into drafts with are all about the big name. Travis Shaw is a guy you get, loaded lineup, great ballpark, somebody I want to get my hands on, and somebody we'll talk about next week on the Crop Report, Nick Senzel, Cincinnati's Uber third base slash shortstop prospect. Tate and I got a chance to see him out in Arizona, and he looked just as comfortable at short as he did third. We'll talk about him next week. Crop Report. Don't miss it. All right, I'll jump in there with my uh, third base pick. I'm going to mention for the Phillies, Mikel Franco. Uh, He's a guy I've had on my team a couple times in the past couple years. He's uh, put up some home run numbers a couple years ago. 
in his uh, debut season. Uh, he hit 24 last year. Uh, only a 230 batting average last year, so he slipped a little bit. But I think uh, with that lineup that they've put in there around him this year and uh, some of the improvements that he's going to make, I see the batting average going up. I've seen some power from him here in spring training. So I believe uh, Mikel Franco is somebody to uh, take a shot with if you're looking in a deep league for a uh, third baseman. But uh, otherwise, I'm going to mention Anthony Rendon. I mean, there's always Chris Bryant out there as well, but I'm, I'm going to talk about Rendon. I see Rendon as 301 last year, 100 RBIs, 25 home runs, 41 doubles. So, and he's 84 walks to 82 strikeouts. Again, more walks than strikeouts, not the same uh, difference that we talked about earlier, but uh, still more, more walks than strikeouts, 301 batting average, uh, 41 doubles, 25 home runs, 100 RBIs. Anthony Rendon, he's somebody there in the Nationals lineup. You think when you think of the Nationals lineup, you think about uh, Harper out there in the outfield that we'll probably talk about here in a couple of minutes. But uh, Rendon is somebody I can see competing for National League MVP possibilities. So uh, Anthony Rendon is somebody go out and grab him if he's available. You know, I, I definitely uh, want to ask you guys before we continue on, and it's a simple yes or no from both of you. JT, do we see Senzel this year? Absolutely. Tate? I will uh, chime in and say, yeah, if if for no other reason than injury possibilities, but definitely probably the June-July call-ups that uh, usually happens, um, I definitely see him coming up sometime in that frame. I have to agree because it is absolutely ridiculous to think about this. And this is stuff that we're going to be talking about again. I believe it's a, Oh, what is the name of that? Oh yeah. The crop report. I think we've mentioned it somewhere in the show. Um, Somewhere. Somewhere through five teams. He's played two years in the minors through five teams, folks. He's played a ball rookie, a ball and double a now. I never hit below 315. You might want to pay attention to him. Just just letting you know. I'll just jump in there and tell you I think he's one of those guys that's a service time casualty is why he's in AAA this right now as opposed to uh, starting at the big league roster. Service time. Another yes and no. We'll start with Tate on this one. Yes or no, will they ever get rid of service time? Probably not because it saves the uh, club's money. Over the long term, I say they do on the next. I say they do on the next collective bargaining agreement. The players are going to push for it as a loss of funds that they could be making. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it it, it expedites their free agency. Expedites their free agency, but it also expedites them making major league money. Right. right off the right. bat, right? Yeah, as soon as they can. So, um, wow, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Let's keep it going and move on to the NL shortstops. You know, Corey Seager, obviously, twenty-three years old, is just you know playing to what he was supposed to be. He's a first-round pick, two thousand twelve. Okay, and he is a big kid, though. I mean, the 
I jeter, dare I say, okay, big shortstop that can play the game, plays the game well, but I think he has a little bit more pop than Jeter does or did, okay, 52 home runs in two and a quarter years, 166 RBIs, a 305 batting average. Got to be somebody you got to keep an eye on. And you know what? I'm going to have to go with Rosario over at the Mets as my sleeper pick. That's that, That's somebody. I meant Rosario, somebody that nobody's talking about. And it's a crosstown rival, you know. Yankees win! Oh, Yankees win! And I really don't care. I really don't care. I don't play that Met-Yankee game and all that crap. I really don't care. You know what he is? He's going to be a future very good shortstop that plays 20 games during my Yahoo playoffs. That's 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 real simple. That's how you break it down. Tate? Well, I'm going to jump in here. Um, we've mentioned all these other guys in the uh, Colorado infield, so I'm going to bring up Trevor Story at shortstop. Um, he had a, a great debut year a couple years ago, hitting uh, a whole bunch of home runs. Uh, last year, he kind of fell off a little bit. He started the year on the DL, dealing with some injuries up to start the year. Ended up uh, hitting a whole lot of strikeouts, 191 strikeouts last year, and dropped his batting average to 239. But uh, I kind of see a bounce back year from him, uh, mm-hmm. probably up in that average, probably more like the uh, 260, 270 range, and uh, hopefully cutting down the strikeouts. He did hit 24 bombs last year, so still that potential for uh, nice. 20 to 30 home runs from him. Uh, 82 RBIs last year, but I like Trevor Story, uh, shortstop. And I'm going to mention uh, Brandon Crawford, who's kind of slid down a lot of people's draft boards. Uh, 253 batting average last year, but uh, I, I see Brandon Crawford also having a little bit of a bounce back year out there in uh, San Francisco. Well, let's flip over to Addison Russell, okay? Addison Russell is someone that's just not quite reached the potential that people thought he was going to with the bat. He's good with the glove. He drives in some runs. He hits for some power. Again, the average has been a little low. He's somebody, I think, that takes a step forward this year. Uh, Hopefully he's got all of his off-the-field issues behind him, has a chance to concentrate on baseball. Uh, Addison Russell in a great lineup. Uh, and, a, and a chance to really do something this year. One other guy I want to mention for the crop report, since you've heard that somewhere, Brendan Rogers, super prospect for the Colorado Rockies. Will he be up this year? I think so, but not at the position that you may think. We'll talk about that more next week. Let's move on to outfielders, guys. I want to talk about some of these NL outfielders. Let's talk about Ronald Acuna, as the jester mentioned earlier. I know this is a guy we should be talking a little bit more because we won't see him till April 13th, but I want to talk about him now. I want to talk about a guy that's batted 432. I want to talk about a guy that hit four home runs. I want to talk about a guy that looked like a gold glover that had been playing for 10 years in the outfield. This is a guy, I don't, you know what, who cares where you take a guy? If you want the guy, go get the guy. Who cares what, it, I mean, who else is paying your paycheck? You paid your money to play, go get him where you want him. This guy's everything they say is, I'm hearing guys like Ken Rosenthal, who I respect greatly, compare this guy to Hank Aaron. I want him. Go get him. Let's talk about Tommy Pham. You say who? Tommy Pham, not Randall Gritchick, guys, but he does play the same position. 
center field, left field yeah. eligibility, guy that snuck mm-hmm. up on the scene last year, batted 306, hit 20-plus home runs, stole 25 bases, and as the jester will talk about with one of his outfielders, got another player in that outfield to help drive him in. So Tommy Pham, Ronald Acuna, go get both of these guys. All right, I'll nice. jump in there with my outfield next. Um, I'm going to talk about a guy that was traded from the Marlins to the Brewers, Christian Yelich. Plays uh, center field for the Brewers. He uh, With the Marlins last year, he hit 282. He went uh, 18 home runs. Got to see him play out there in spring training again a couple times, and the guy was on fire in spring training. He is there. He is with a renewed vigor. He is out there to win. Christian Yelich, if he's available for you to draft, take him. I see a huge year from him there in Milwaukee. Uh, I love this guy. The way that he played, the way that I saw him play, he's out there. He was hustling. He's doing everything you want to see from a player. So Christian Yelich, if he's available in your league, take him. Get him on your team. I'll mention one other guy, Billy Hamilton. Uh, A lot of people kind of overlook him because when you're thinking outfielder, a lot of people are thinking power. They want the home runs. You're thinking Judge and Stanton and and those type of guys that we've talked about. But Billy Hamilton, center field, the guy is off the charts defensively. Offensively, he hit 247 last year. He's leading off for the Red Sox, or not the Red Sox, the Reds. I apologize. But uh, 133 strikeouts last year, 44 walks. So you're you're giving up a little bit there. But he does get on base, and when he does, watch him steal bases. 59 steals last year. I the speed this guy has is incredible. He covers so much ground in the outfield, and when he gets on base, he's gonna steal the bases. So every pitcher needs to watch out for him. So Billy Hamilton, you want if you get steals in your league, Billy Hamilton is the man. Nice, yeah, pretty. Eighty does. He's lightning on the base pad, absolute lightning. Uh, one of the guys I saw in Tampa, and I got to talk to the uh, first base coach there in Tampa. Uh, they plan to run Malik Smith. Now, I like I said, I got the opportunity to sit and talk with. Uh, with Ozzy over there. He's the first base coach. Damn, if I can remember his last name right now, I apologize, Ozzy. Good guy. Um, and I got to ask him. I said, does does Malik Smith have 50 steals potential? And his words were, he's got 70 steals potential if we let him. He says, but we're not going to be running him that much, but I can see 50 that was out of the first base coach, the guy who's going to give him the green flag uh, to go, uh, the green light to go. And he also explained, Ozzy, that they're going to do a lot of first and third, running a lot, see a lot of movement on the Tampa Bay uh, base pads there. I'm going to have to go. You had mentioned the whole Yelich thing and, and, and coming this way to Miami, just real quick in that. Is a guy that you really need to pay attention to because he's somebody I feel in Lewis Brinson that has a 2024 to him this year. Uh, He just needs the at-bats, and he's going to get them. 
he's going to get them on a Miami team that is clearing house and bringing in all new talent. When they cleaned house, one of the guys that they cleaned house with was Marcel Azuna. Now, he happens to be, in my opinion, Miami's best kept secret behind Stanton's enormous head. I mean, he, I mean, presence, I should say, not head. There it is. Same thing. Yeah, that was close. But anyway. It was. Yeah. Uh, but still, he was hidden behind Stanton, shall we say, uh, with 191 hits last year. I mean, almost 200 hits. You're talking about a guy, 30 doubles, 37 homers, 124 RBIs, 312 batting average. I'll go on, 548 slugging percentage. And he's going to a smaller ballpark. Just want to point that out. Forget the fact that he was buried behind Stanton and nobody's seeing this, whether it's because he's in a small market, Miami, or because he was behind Stanton's head, or for a million other reasons, nobody's paid attention to Marcelo Zuna. It is time. I like it. To pay attention to this young man, 27 years old, 19 games during Yahoo playoffs. Whoops, there goes that again, too. <laughs> going to a smaller ballpark. Just saying. Yes, sir, let me jump in on you here. I have a question for you. About a month ago on one of the previous Fantasy Jester shows, you mm-hmm. alluded or insinuated to the fact that you feel Marcelo Zuna will be in the MVP race with some of the numbers you talked about then. Now, after a month of Grapefruit League and Cactus League action, are you still feeling the same way? I'm still feeling the same way, and here's why. For what I said, it's also expounded by this. I mentioned that he, he has this talent, and he's going to a smaller park, but here's the one thing that Marcelo Zuna won't face, that Stanton will have to face. Stanton's changing leagues. Ozuna is staying in the National League. He's used to seeing this pitching. So it's pitching he's seen in a smaller park now. And it just so Mm -hmm. happens that the smaller park plays to his power stroke. Uh, He is an underrated guy for people to pay attention to. The only thing that hurts him in uh, in an MVP race possibly is his steals. That's where Trout will get him. Right. I like it. Can I jump in there for a second on you, on uh, Brinson? Because Brinson was one of the guys I wanted to talk about as well. But uh, Mm -hmm. I knew you – he was on your list of uh, guys you wanted to mention. So I didn't steal him from you. But uh, a lot of people overlooking him because when he did come up last year with Milwaukee, he only batted 106. But – He's a guy I've got to see a little bit with him being in the Rangers system up until a couple of years ago when they traded him to uh, the Milwaukee system. And mm-hmm. uh, AAA, last year in AAA for Milwaukee, Brinson hit 331. Uh, year before that, with split time between Milwaukee and Texas and AA and AAA, he batted 268. And in 2015, between high A, double A, and triple A, 100 games, 455 plate appearances, batted 332. 
he's not a superpower guy, but in those same three years, he hit in 2015, 20 homers, 15 homers in 2016, and 13 homers last year in Milwaukee. Two home runs in the majors last year in that short time he was there. But uh, spring training this year with the with Miami, he's been given an opportunity. He played in 21 games, 59 plate appearances, 54 at-bats. He's batting 352 in the spring with a 390 on base and a 630 slugging and a 1.019 OPS. So, yeah. uh, you know, two home runs. So, again, not a lot of power, but the potential is there. But I like Brinson a lot. If he's, I think if he's given the opportunity to play on a regular basis every day, especially there in Miami with that team they've got, he's got the potential to do something for you, for your team. So, Are you, are you agreeing with me, guys, on the 2020 portion? Does anybody – do I have any takers on 2020 on Brinson this year? No. I'll, I'll pass on 2020. Okay. All right. Take. That ballpark, that's a big ballpark. Yeah, yeah I, I can see the potential there. Um, I think uh, it might be a little tight. Like JT said, it's a big ballpark. But uh, I, I do agree the potential is there. 1520. 1520, yeah, absolutely. I don't think he, if, let's just say for sake of argument, he's probably their best offensive player of what's left in old mother Jeter's cupboard there. I don't think he's going to see enough pitches to hit 15 home runs. So I'm going to go 10, 11, 12 home runs max, but I can see him stealing 25 bags. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff, guys. We are out of time. That was it. We finished on time. Perfect ending. Thank you, fans. How you doing? Tate. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. As always, phenomenal job, man. No problem. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, look forward to talking with you in the future. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. T- JT, as always, another one in the books, my yeah, man. Another good one. I love it. I want to leave. I want to leave the, the the people out there with this thought. Next week, I'll tell you about a guy on the crop report that most MLB scouts say is faster than Billy Hamilton. Faster than Hamilton, huh? Yes, sir. We'll talk about All it next right. week on the crop report. Oh, the what? The crop report. I've heard of this. You have, yes, once or twice. Thanks for. Thanks for a great job, as always, my friend. Take care, Jester. Folks, there it is. I mean, you know, that is Fantasy Baseball Special Edition Positional Rankings Show and going through everything. You know, next week, join us as well, besides the crop report, Fantasy Baseball Universe. Rob DiMartino joins the show. Going to ask him, pick his brain if you haven't gone on Facebook and join the group Fantasy Baseball Universe. Do so. A bunch of great guys there. Rob and Tom run it. And we have a lot of fun talking in there. Been fun tonight. As always, thanks for joining us. And again, to the people on the new platforms, thank you. Welcome to Jesterville. Join us next week. We've got some guests. And listen, I've got a couple surprises up my sleeve. You know how that all goes. Thanks so much for joining. I am the jester for JT and Tate and the whole gang. I 
am out of here. <laughs>